such a joy to be here with you all, too, and good to hear that there are some that are new here with us this morning, too. I'm kind of a visitor as well. I'm a I'm the bishop for um, the diocese in Canada. This is one of the a number of churches that we have, about 60 or so, and I get to visit all these churches, and it is a real high point of um, the work that I do to be with you guys and to see God working in these church families in incredible ways. Uh, this is my third time here. Uh, the other times, I think it was in November and in February, so this was not open. And that's beautiful. And uh, that way, those people get to join your service, I think. <laughs> I live there. This is like it or not. And uh, this is one of the best stained glass windows you could have, too, you know, to see the, the beauty outside. I, the, I, the first church I had had um, a big open window like that. No stained glass. It was just glass. And there was a big cliff that came down. And uh, it was a little bit um, distracting sometimes for sermons because I would be over here preaching and I'd see all of a sudden people's eyes going over there (laughs) and I'd turn around and look and and usually it was a cat making its way down the cliff or up and I just had to stop my sermon for a while until the cat was done going down. But um, what, what a thing to remind us of the beauty of what God has given to us in his creation And the way that he cares for us, everything that we have that is good and perfect comes from his hand. And this passage that we're going to talk about is um, this invitation from Jesus who gives every good and perfect gift, whether we know him or not. He gives every good gift to this world. So I want to just pray for a moment and then go into uh, this Bible passage that we read. Father, thank you. We praise you because Jesus invites us to know you, to know your love for us, to know the freedom of the forgiveness of sins forever. We thank you that your word is the living word, and we pray that you will speak to us personally today in your love through your word. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, so um, if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. If you don't have one on your phone or whatever it is, that's okay, because I will also be um, just reading some of the verses um, from here and just going through it very um, simply, because this reading is uh, all about a beautiful invitation. We love invitations. You know, if we have invitations to a party, to a wedding, I had two weddings in my family I had to, I had to choose from two weeks ago. One was in Kelowna and one was in Toronto. So uh, I chose the one in Kelowna. It was a little closer. And uh, the, the invitations were beautiful that we received. And uh, what a joy it was to be in there. This, in that gathering that we were invited to, this is an invitation to all people to come to God and to know his goodness in your life. That's what this is all about. And uh, it's in verse 28, but I want to just talk about what goes into that verse 28, which says, come to me. This is Jesus' own words, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is the invitation. And what goes into that just before that is very interesting because it says that knowing God, the knowledge of God, is not dependent on human wisdom, conventional wisdom. And it's not, it's not based on, it's not dependent on education either or great learning. 
In fact, Jesus says that the wise and the learned's kind of self-sufficiency, thinking, I've got it all, I have to come up with the way to know God <clears throat> and, uh, and determine who he is myself, he says that uh, it is not easy for them to trust God for salvation. That's what Jesus says. He says they have, fig- they have figured it out. They've tried to figure it out. It's not easy to trust God for salvation. Um, now, that doesn't mean it's bad to be wise or learned. <laughs> uh, what it does mean is that the wise and the learned um, have to learn to rejoice in the revelation that Jesus had made known. They come to know it by simple trust. That's what Jesus is saying. The wise and the learned, the conventional wisdom of this world, well, the only way you can know God is by a simple trust in Jesus, not by your intellectual skills or your knowledge of research methods. The simple trust is open to the humblest of all people. And that's why Jesus says, thank you, Father. I thank you because you've opened this up to little children, meaning those who have a trusting heart. Children have a a trusting heart. And I'm glad to see children here today as well. And so he's saying, you know, Jesus is saying, turn away from from this kind of failed authority of today, the conventional wisdom, the thing that says this is what you have to do and this is what you have to be in order to be in touch, in order to be spiritual and so forth. Turn away from that. Turn to Jesus Christ. Trust in him. Uh, He is the one who invites in that verse 28. And I love that invitation. It's the heart of the good news that we who um, uh, believe in God through Jesus have as a treasure for the world to share. The good news is the greatest gift that you and I have to give. It is the news of Jesus who opens the way to God for us. He opens the heart of God and his love for you and for me. It's an incredible gift. And we hear the heart of that gospel when Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, In the Anglican liturgy, every week, the prayers that we do, we say that sentence. And sometimes we're we're, going back and forth with them, but it's in our service. You'll hear about it when you do the series on the Book of Common Prayer. And we do it right after we confess our sins. And we hear, right after that confession, this statement that God forgives you. God does this as a work of grace. And there is this affirmation called absolution that you are forgiven. God has done this in Jesus Christ. And then right after that, we have these things called comfortable words. Comfortable doesn't mean an easy chair, a lazy boy from the 1970s. It means strong reassurance. That's what comfortable means. There's a strong reassurance that those words that God says to you, you are forgiven in Jesus, are true. They come from the living word of God that come to me. Uh, And so what this says here is that God gives us strength to walk a new life, to follow him and to obey him. And you can't ever hear that invitation too many times because the heart of the gospel is there. 
that Jesus died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins in order to invite you today into the life of God. That was the purpose of Jesus dying on a cross. It is to invite you into the life of God today through the forgiveness of sins. That's why this invitation is is, um, a living invitation. There is no expiry date on it. It is now. It is for now, every day. And the interesting thing about this invitation is there are two two aspects of it that seem kind of contradictory. It is very exclusive, and it is completely inclusive. It is exclusive because in verse 27, if you look at it just above this invitation, Jesus said that he alone has this unique authority to invite the whole world. He says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom, anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And I, and I have to tell you, and you know this, I think, it's very uncomfortable for the ears of our present culture to hear that this exclusive claim of Jesus says that he alone reveals God. But Jesus clearly says it here. So we can't dismiss what he's saying. And the reason he's saying that is because he says that no one knows the Father except the Son. Why can he say that? Because the Son is God. Just as the Father is God. And this makes total sense because only God can know God. Only God can know God. We can know him incompletely, but only God can know him. And it is because Jesus is God that he can issue this invitation, he alone, to come to him and know the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. And it means that his is the greatest and most crucial invitation of all the invitations you will ever receive in your life. This is the crucial one. It is a welcome to the place of the greatest blessing. It is a welcome into the life of God. And no one else can legitimately bring people into that life, into that invited place, except for Jesus. But here's the amazing thing. That's the exclusive part of the invitation. It is, that it, it is the exclusivity of the inviter and the host. Uh, but the amazing thing is, the guest list is massive. It's immense. It's all-encompassing. Um, I, my wife's name is Catherine. I met her at the church I was at for 25 years, St. John's Anglican Church in Vancouver. And... Um, uh, we got engaged. <clears throat> I, we had uh, known each other for about three years. We got engaged, and I thought, let's have a small wedding. I was 38. Catherine was 39. You know, it didn't seem like we needed a big deal. And, and so I said, let's, let's, you know, maybe 60 people. But it soon became apparent that you can't do that if you meet somebody in your church. And if you're a minister in that church, you actually have to invite everybody. You, you, you can't be exclusive here. And so uh, what we did was we ended up having two receptions uh, because when we opened up the guest list to everybody, St. John's is a pretty large church, 
it turned out 450 people wanted to go, not 60. <laughs> and we knew that would happen. So we first booked a venue uh, of less than 100, and you know, was, that's for family and so forth. And then some faint saints from my church offered to organize many people to hold a reception in the church right after the service. And, uh, and thankfully, this person, who's a saint, as I said, organized 60 people for that to happen. And um, uh, I was very relieved and thankful for this because the criteria for the invitations, therefore, became very uncomplicated and very straightforward. I could say everyone who comes to the wedding are warmly welcomed to a reception. You all can come. (laughs) What a gift that is. It became completely uncomplicated. That burden was lifted. And Jesus' criteria is also very uncomplicated. It's very straightforward. It is in that invitation, come to me all who are struggling and carrying too much. That's what a burden is. So the one requirement is to, the, to this um, invitation is that you know that you are not God. It's to know that you were made for God, for relationship with you. And you and I will never accept this invitation if we are self-sufficient or we think that we are God. Um, we're not self-sufficient because I can't deal with my own sin and neither can you. It's the greatest of burdens to live as though you can deal with that. Uh, You can't earn your way to God or manufacture the saving work that he does. Um, And he doesn't pour his love into you, into your heart, because you loved him really well and first. It's the very opposite. The Bible says that we love God because he loved us first. And in fact, Jesus said, or what we hear in Romans, is that while we were still sinners, while we were still far away from God, Jesus died for us so that he could issue that invitation. It's a death for the forgiveness of sins, a sacrifice, so that we can know that love of God in us. This is the invitation, our forgiveness while we are still sinners. I need his forgiveness. I can't produce that. I need his hope. I cannot possibly attain that by my wealth or by uh, the things that I can do for, for security. And I need, and I love, his constant presence in my life. You can't do that as a self-sufficient person. Uh, you, can't, um, uh, you can't come into that relationship with God and deal with the sin that might mar our relationship with him and other people. Um, we need God's forgiveness. And uh, we cannot carry things that only God can carry. So if you know that's true, you are invited. You are invited if you know that you cannot carry those things yourself and be self-sufficient. So people on the invitation list include people who have never known God before in their life. That's lots of people in this world. Uh, it includes people who have known God for a long time, but know that they are still sinners and that they need forgiveness and that they need to turn to God for his grace and his mercy and that God alone changes our hearts, gives us soft hearts towards one another. 
and towards God himself. Um, uh, it includes people who have financial worries, people who have broken family relationships. It includes those who have serious health concerns, uh, people whose loved ones have wandered from God, and those who are really angry at someone in their life, those who are frustrated maybe with their own prayer life, feeling far from God. These people are on the guest list, Jesus says, people who carry, who are weighed down in relationships with God and with other people in their life. Um, In fact, what Jesus is saying here is so important, and I hope you can carry this away from you in this week this week. Each of those experiences is an occasion, those difficult things, those failures, for you to personally come to him. He turns it upside down. He turns those failures and our sins and the things that are really painful in our life into an invitation to come to him. And in saying yes to him... You come to the living God himself with those things. Uh, In fact, that's what we do in every service in the um, confession of sins. We come to God and say, I bring these to you. Um, And that's what Jesus is. In fact, here's a great quote that uh, it's worth writing down or thinking about. John Calvin put it well when he says, failure, our failure makes us fit to receive God's grace. Our failure makes us fit to receive God's grace, to say, yes, I need you, Jesus. Now, i got to say that that grace is not about being a spiritual couch potato. Um, It doesn't mean just passively uh, hoping that God will just change things in in us. The prayer book translates Jesus' promise of rest as, I will refresh you. That's the old language, which actually is a better translation because it allows us to see what rest really means. It is Jesus changing, actively changing the way that you experience life. It's about experiencing new things of the goodness of God in your life. And he says, come live out whatever circumstance in your life, whether it's really difficult or really joyful, come and live that out with me. Live your life with me, and I will teach you how to live it more and more like Jesus, he's saying, like me. I will teach you to live that life like him. Uh, and I want, you to say, I want to say that rest, this refreshment, is in the end about knowing God fully. What the Bible says about rest is that in heaven... The gift that is before us that we know that's the purpose that Jesus came so that we would be with him forever, God forever. Um, the, The nature of heaven is that it is rest. And rest means that we fully know God. That's what it means to enter into our rest, to fully know God in Jesus Christ and enter into this adventure of growing in him Throughout all eternity. That's what the gift of heaven, that's the adventure of heaven. Um, What joys are ahead of us? And we begin that rest now in this very busy world with all its challenges, hardships, joys, and pains. We know God as we hear from Him and as His Word, as we obey Him, and as we follow Him and actually say yes to this invitation 
come to me. And that's why Jesus said in verse 29, take my yoke upon me. We need to spell this properly, okay? This has nothing to do with eggs. (laughs) This has to do with a yoke that uh, oxen would have as they're pulling the cultivator through the fields. He says, take my yoke upon me. You've got two oxen that are going ahead, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, there's actually work that is done in the life of following God and going into this invitation. The promise isn't that hardships are removed but that God gives you a new life and a new way to live as you are on this journey to heaven. It is a life of learning from Jesus Christ. And sometimes that's kind of hard because he contradicts us or he calls us to do difficult things. He calls us to love in ways that might be kind of hard for us to love. And in it all, though, he gives us his Holy Spirit inside, this living presence of God that makes our hearts soft that strengthens us to do those difficult things of taking his yoke upon me. And he says, you know what? That yoke is way easier. It's way lighter. In fact, the word is that yoke is kind. You actually experience the kindness of God in your life as you serve Jesus, as you follow him, as you listen to him, and as you let him change your life. It's a life lived with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether you're experiencing highs or really lows, he will teach you how to live with him. Now, I want to say that this is what it means that God brings us home. Invitation in the end is bringing us home into that life with the Lord Jesus. Um, this year, some, I don't know how many, some of you may be Mennonites. You live in the valley, so you probably have Mennonite connections at least. I have Mennonite connections. My mom is Mennonite. All my relatives in the prairies are Mennonites. Um, And um, this year is the 100th anniversary of a large Mennonite immigration from Russia. So 100 years ago, uh, around 25,000 Mennonites were brought over by steamship and then um, railway into all the way to Abbotsford, right nearby. And they stopped in different places along the way. Um, that was a massive immigration. And uh, one of the places they will stop... Oh, I, and I should say that in this 100th anniversary, there is a train journey where they're gonna, a number of people are going to follow that route. And one of the stops is Rostern, where my mom was born. And, uh, uh, and uh, there, they are going to remember what happened when the first group of people came over on the train. And what happened is that um, these people were facing homelessness, murder, starvation, and all kinds of violence in Russia because of the Russian Revolution. And, um, and when these people arrived to Rostron, they had come across the ocean on steamships. They had escaped horrific things, terrible violence. And they had gone by ship, and then they had this added long journey by train They arrived in Rostern, and there were all these Mennonites, all these people welcoming them at the train station. They were absolutely overwhelmed by this. And spontaneously, they all began to sing, Now thank we all our God, with hearts and hands and voices. The one who has brought us along this way, we are thankful for what he has given to us. 
and they were overwhelmed by gratitude. They were at the end of this dangerous journey. They were home, even though they thought, even though they had never been to Canada, they were home, and they were deeply thankful for this welcome. Uh, That's why they sang, thanks to God. Uh, Great challenges lay before them because they they had nothing. They came with absolutely nothing, even though many of them had lots when they were in Russia. They had nothing, and they were hungry. They were desperate, but they were home. They were being welcomed, and that new life, this great challenge that was ahead of them, had a life with a great burden that was lifted from them. They knew that they could live in a place that was safe, a place that they were walking with others in it, and a place of great hope as well. That is the picture of the new Christian life. Because Jesus continually invites you and me. In the, in the original language, it says that Jesus says, Keep on coming, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will refresh you. It is a great joy uh, for him. It is a great joy for us as well to be welcomed just uh, because we are refugees. We are refugees in the world that come to Jesus, to himself. He welcomes us home. He welcomes us to our rest in him, this new life. Our great challenges will continue. And this is how I want to close this little sermon. We have great challenges that continue when we invite Jesus, uh, when we accept his invitation to come to him. But he lifts the great burden from us. The burden of self-sufficiency, of carrying our own sin, of trying to earn our way to him. There is an ease and there is a lightness because in all we go through, we have a home in God. Jesus keeps us safe in the loving relationship with our Heavenly Father, with an inheritance that is before us, kept in heaven for you. And Jesus is completely committed, he says here, to teach you every single day. I am gentle and lowly of heart, he says. I will teach you. I will give you rest for your souls. How to walk this new life in a very different way. And so, as we are going to be coming to communion, you're all invited to come up to communion, by the way. Uh, but if you haven't been baptized yet, maybe you haven't yet. Uh, put your trust in Jesus, uh, you can receive a prayer, a prayer of blessing. And the prayer is a prayer that kind of echoes what Jesus is saying here. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. And uh, communion is a way for us to accept Jesus' invitation to come to him. That's one of the great gifts of of communion. It's a sign, actually, that we let go of our self-sufficiency and we say, yes, I need Jesus. I need all he has done for me. And I entrust himself, myself to him because his work on a cross for me, that's at the center of communion, means that I have communion with him forever. You have come home. You have accepted his invitation. And you will walk with him. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. May God grant you the Holy Spirit in your life to receive that invitation every day from the Lord Jesus and to know that he walks with you and is changing you in this new life of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray as we close. Um, Father, I thank you for Jesus' invitation that says, come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Father, we thank you for your deep love for us. And we ask that today we will receive that invitation anew in our heart. That we can pray, yes, Jesus, come and forgive my sin. Come and strengthen me to follow you, to put your yoke on me. May we know the ease and the lightness and the goodness and the blessing of being at home with Jesus each day. And as we do this, Father, help us to bless the world around us, to invite, even as Jesus has invited, others into this blessing, this great gift that you have given to us. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.